What's good? Johan Francis CSCS right here and welcome to Ego Killer. Inside the gym flow from when you're outside living your life, doing your thing, grinding and getting by. All right. We at the end of every one of these monologues hope that not only that you're doing fantastic, but like that you can take something that we talk about here today and apply it going forward today to help you get stronger, better, to move around with your chest out, your chin up, taking on all challenges as they come. We know that the world is entropic. Anything can happen out there. Most of it has to do with what goes on between the ears, psychologically, internally. But all of that stems from our ability to take on challenges, which is why it's my belief that what we practice in the gym physically about ourselves, it's a narrative about how we're willing to take on challenges. And it's a roadmap that informs the outer self on how we take on those challenges and get past them. Doing that makes you stronger, more indelible. That's why even though we're here talking about sometimes technical moves, doing a front squat perfectly, where to put your feet when you're on the treadmill, all those technical things, that's why I like to say or call this show Ego Killer because we're teaching ourselves to be ironclad. We're teaching ourselves to overcome perceived limits. Today we're going to talk a lot about about the reason that I meet most of you and have met all, you know, being inside the gym and a coach has afforded me the opportunity to meet scores of amazing people. I've met dope people. I've met people with interesting habits that have kind of dialed me into like a new lifestyle, new niche. I met all of you because a lot of you have asked me for weight loss and it still is the one most unanswerable question inside of the fitness industry and the diet industry. It's like, how do I lose weight? What do I have to do to lose weight? Help me lose weight. I need to lose weight. In fact, some of you that come to see me that are strong already, that are looking for strength games on the side, right? You want the strength gain or excuse me, the strength gain main course. But for the appetizer, you want a little bit of weight loss, no matter what goes down, right? Sometimes it's a matter of aesthetic weight loss. You want the six-pack to show through. It's two-piece season coming up, and you want that to crack. And so, hey, I want to get really strong because I have an event or I have to take some photos. I'm meeting up with the old homies, the homegirls, and I want to look good. That's what's said. Then what's whispered is, and I want to lose about seven pounds. So if this is you or someone you know is going through this right now, allow them access to this show. CoachYohanCSCS.com is where you can find all of this stuff written out for you. Go to that website, fill out that form, and we could talk more. Weight loss has always been the most unanswerable question inside of fitness, not just for me, but for a lot of coaches. Before I delve into like the seven... I'm going to talk about three reasons why it's so hard. So I think elucidating it for us, making it picture perfect for everybody to see why it is hard for weight loss to be the thing that we attack. Straight up weight loss, why it's so hard to do. We need to outline that so that you know that you're not tripping when you want to go in and talk to a coach or a trainer about weight loss and why your challenge is going to be rather uphill. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about. And then I'm going to give you four deconstructions on why that is the unanswerable question how the hell do i lose any type of weight 
You guys have heard of The Biggest Loser. And this Biggest Loser is the show that, for a number of reasons, got really popular. And it got popular because of the cult of personality involved in the journeys of all these people. It's reality TV. And it's nothing, if not for, the access to these cults of personality. Personality-driven trainers. Some of these trainers, well, on that show, all the trainers really, like, they were about that, weren't they? They were about that rah-rah. They were about breaking down and deconstructing old habits, which is what it should have been. But they added, they had an extra Q rating, right? Which is why people watch the show. Also, people would lose like 100, 130 pounds. I'm not an expert on the show. I'm not a historian. But people were, man, they were dropping whole teenagers on that show of weight, 100 pounds plus. In my own career, I've seen people lose that much weight over time the odious arcane side of all that right the part they don't tell you about was when those cameras stop rolling what actually happens months years five years later is a lot of folks gain that back now let's hold up there let's hold tight let's talk about that you put in all the work in the world which is understood to be an estimated nine months on the show to lose hundreds of pounds. When I've talked to friends of mine who have had awesome people like you lose about 100 pounds, 150 pounds, it takes you a year. It takes you a year and a half. All of that work, all of that effort, and ultimately, you gain it back or most of it back. In a lot of cases, more. How the hell does that happen? I know for me, I know for me, whenever I practice any type of fight sport, the idea is I imprint so much of the habits and behaviors behind getting better. You guys are the same, not just me, that you will never forget this shit. It's like riding a bicycle. But weight loss for some reason isn't the same. And so what happens is, and a lot of the reasons that diet communities prey unfortunately not a lot of people, is we start to get convinced that we're just straight up taking L's on this weight loss train. I can't lose weight and keep it off because I'm just not cut out that way. And of course, that defeatist mentality is preyed on by diets and the purveyors of diets. It doesn't ever go correctly. You think that you can't lose weight, and so you don't. In fact, it's kind of smart, isn't it? It's kind of smart to be like, you know how from the outside, like let's say I'm trying to lose weight. If I'm looking at it from the outside and I'm already got, I'm in that preparation stage, I'm not ready to take action, right? And part of my preparation is, well, let me consider other people that have done this before. I'm trying to lose 50 pounds. I'm trying to lose 30 pounds. I'm trying to lose 80 pounds or more. That pandemic weight's got to come off, all the things. And I think about it. And I see that other people around me are losing all kinds of weight doing these shortcut methods. Maybe I've even thought in my own family and seen over time people lose weight, but then they gain it all back. Why the hell am I going to start my own journey if ostensibly I'm only going to go through pain and heartache just to gain it all back? That's smart. (laughs) That's a smart way of thinking about it. Why am I going to start this journey of a thousand miles only to end up? right there. (laughs) 
I know a lot of you probably are in that space. Weight loss is hard. Let's tackle the unanswerable question today because the questions that surround weight loss have everything to do with how and more so to do with how do I keep it off. All right. 80% of people after five years after losing some significant amount of weight are going to gain it and then some. I've witnessed it myself. All right. Before I get into some of these points, I'm going to say I've helped multiple people. Okay, I'm going to say the following. I've helped dozens of people. Maybe a, a cool dozen comes to the, the forefront of my mind right now. Lose in the range of 20 to 40 pounds of weight in the course of 9 to what 18 months in my career. Multiple people that I've met just like you along the way, I've seen you guys lose 30, 40, 25 pounds regularly. In fact, sometimes there's people among you that are like 5'3", and you'll end up losing 20 pounds, right? I've seen a lot of you guys. I've talked to you. I've met you. I've seen the process. For the overwhelming majority of those folks, they gain almost all of it back. There's a plus and a minus. You won't gain it back as long as me and you are in contact together. Once I lose contact of, of you guys and where you head off, there's nothing I can do. But it seems like a lot of you, a lot of the people that I've coached, and I know it's similar and a lot of other quality coaches can attest to this, you gain it back. And that's shitty. But as long as you stay in contact with me, Whoever your trainer or coach is, you don't gain it all back. Although I have seen people get close to where they started. Again, if you know that that's going to be the cycle, that's the process. You've seen it in your friends, your family, whatever it is. Why would you even start the journey? Why am I going to start a journey of a million miles just to end up right there? I totally understand that. Self-preservation starts to kick in. The overwhelming majority of the people that I've helped lose these big decade numbers of pounds have gained a lot of it back. In some cases, gained much, much more. Again, not when I've been around you in large orders. My guy, Sergey, talked to you about him before. When I first met Sergey, 250, 250 pounds, got him down to his fight weight, cruiser weight. Excuse me, Bridger weight, 220-ish pounds. Of course, my man is in his late, late, late 50s at this point, many years ago. I took a, uh, we took a hiatus from training together. And so there was a period of time where my guy had a lot of in-house responsibilities to take care of. There he had to go to retirement over time. The man who's, who's, who fought who had the mindset of weight loss, who had the mindset of change, me and him stopped seeing each other so much, actually gained all of that weight back, 270, eventually plateauing at 295. In fact, excuse me, went a little bit higher. And now on the second time around that I met and trained Sergey, Sergey used to leave some of our sessions, and I would hear through the grapevine that he would leave our sessions, pull up at the arches, getting that double cheese quarter pounder 
double quarter pounder uh, steez on right there. Essentially negating all of the gains that we had inside of our session in terms of caloric burn, by the way. And then some because he's in his 60s at this point. Went up to like 325. Before we get into the points, that trend, like I just said before, 80% of you who try to lose some significant amount of weight are going to end up in that space. That trend is super pernicious because you feel defeated and you feel like you lost. You feel defeated. You feel like you got to hang that L around your neck and wear that mantle every time out when you try the weight loss thing. In fact, you've seen it in friends of yours. You've seen it in family members that have tried to lose weight over time. Sometimes it's a household thing. You've grown up around people who've battled that weight loss thing their whole life. And you've seen the effect that it has. Not the effect of gaining weight, but the effect of losing and rebounding. It's a very tough pill to swallow. All right. What can we do about it? All right. Let's talk about it. And why is it so hard? So number one, knowing that maintenance, not necessarily the act of losing all the weight, the maintenance part is super duper hard. And it's because it's like this. It's not sexy. None of it is sexy. Maintaining being steady off in the grind is unsexy. The idea that I always bring up is the idea of the working class hero. Nobody writes books about the working class hero. People who grind for a living, leaving the house before the sun is fully up, getting back, pushing through that traffic day after day, doing that day after day in order to provide, to get that, to earn enough bread to have a quality life. To build a rubric for a quality life that someone that's in the working class could pass on to family members. Leaving actual assets that you can pass on to family members. No one will ever write a story about that because it's just too inconsequential and boring. It's unsexy. But it's the hardest thing of it all. I think with sometimes within my own family... How many people stuck with jobs? I know my aunt, you know, I've had parents inside. Uh, I live in San Jose and San Jose is this, it's Silicon Valley. It's the heart of the Silicon Valley. And you know anything about the South Bay and especially South, uh, San Jose. And of course, it's probably going to be similar. But this area has changed its identity unbelievably in the last 15 years. The identity of a working class back in the in the day in fact it's changed its identity a lot in the last few decades but what it is now is super fast paced and it's all about tech and it's all about very high costs of living which kind of runs counter and belies what was here decades ago or even when my family moved here from Jamaica from Toronto and places like that what it was was very working class and was common for people to grow up in this part of the town of this little city, which is now massive, and be working class and grind for 30, 40, 50 years in one type job, earn the money, buy the house and stay here. Now, with this influx of tech and people who are kind of transitory living here or out of towners coming through 
you get a good mix. So the people who grew up here and kind of built the city watch other people be able to buy their way into the same grounds without having to put in the same sweat in the same area. The same sweat equity that bought the out-of-towners their house doesn't exist for the people who put in that kind of labor to buy their house here. And so you get these two differing ideas, and it's very unique out here because of that. And I say all that to say that we're always going to see that there is a means for people to grind and stay right where they're at because I totally forgot what my point was. That's great. It's just, it's not, it's the idea that coming into the thing, moving and the excitement of coming to a new area and establishing a foothold in professionalism and building a life is just more sexy than it is to wake up, punch the clock, do it over and over again, and that's how you earn. But it's harder. It's harder to stay the course for many, many years rather than come in and look, I'm not trying to undermine the idea that getting a high-paying job that is hyper-valuable valuable in a climate such as tech or anywhere that has high demand for a certain type of field, that's equally as there's a lot of education involved there and there is a lot of work ethic involved there. But it's kind of a shorter means than to work it out and grind. And so San Jose is kind of this dichotomy, all right, where a lot of the people – did it the old school way, which was just stay in one job for a long time. And then a lot of people came in and they were able to afford the property um, differently. And you get both sides of it. No one, people would rather write the book about the people who came in, right? Is what I'm saying in that long kind of analogy. Because maintenance isn't sexy. Maintenance isn't sexy. The reward system inside of our brains, inside of our psyche does not value, does not value Oh, I did the best job I, I could today, and now I'm going to go home, enjoy hanging out with my loved ones and getting a good night's sleep. Like, that's not – that doesn't make for a good narrative if you were writing a book about it. Maintenance isn't sexy. It's not rewarding, but it's key. It's key. In the same way that a big city like this, the foundational – work ethic of the people who were raised here, the natives, are key to the growth of something that later can be adopted by more people, that is key. It's just not sexy. And so we have to not just wrap our minds around the fact that weight loss in the short term, more fun, more sexy, more painful, more rewarding because we get to jump over more uh, humps to get to that, to that win, more hurdles, more obstacles. That's more noteworthy. That's something sensational whereas just rolling along doesn't happen we need to remember that's where long-term weight loss happens maybe we didn't know that that's why it's so hard look we're gonna change your diet most of you are over here thinking that you need to to drop your diet and this is number two on why it's so hard you need to do some kind of huge weight reduction where you need to start losing subtracting like 500 calories a day 
Now think about what 500 calories a day is. The easiest way I can relate this to people is that's what? That's about five beers. So some of you are really good at drinking beer. Some of you not so much. But I think in general, having one or two beers, that's going to get you about 200-ish calories off top. Okay? Off top. Two to 300 calories off top. Right there. Between 150 and 300. That's a good way to relate it. Right? Having about, having two eggs, 150 calories. All right? Having a burrito, depending, a regular size burrito might be about five to 600 calories. If it has beans, it has rice, it has cheese, 500 calories. Very easy, easy, easy to take in 500 calories. That's like, I know, like a glass of, two glasses of orange juice is probably going to get you to like 300 or 280 calories. Very easy. If you're a thirsty person, you don't have regular size glasses, 500 calories comes very easily. So if we're taking that away from our diets, how painful is that? How painful is it for us to subtract 500 calories? That's almost a meal for those of us who are really active and of median weights. 150, 180, depending on your height, you know, 130 pounds, 500 calories is a lot. That's a whole meal for some of us. And so we think that that's what we need to take off, but studies actually will point to something very interesting. 300 per day over time is, is what you need to learn to acquiesce to. In my experience, also, what studies indicate is you only need to be thinking about 100 calories in perpetuity less, less over time than what you're taking in today. Maybe 200 per day, not 500, not sub 1,000 a day. These diets that prescribe that are often held up by people who have no earthly clue what they're talking about. And that's why weight loss is so hard. Because we think we should be giving up an entire meal. And so what happens is we end up skipping breakfast. All these things that lower our metabolism. The unanswerable question about you trying to lose weight. Where you're like, oh, I know the beats to losing weight. Skipping breakfast, skipping lunch. Trying to get 500, cut out 500 calories off top. No, I'm not for it. So I'm just not even going to try. I wouldn't blame you if that was the case. But it's not. So number one, why it's so hard is because maintenance just isn't the business. You don't write home talking about, oh, I really maintained my, <laughs> my gains this week. It was fire. And number two, because we think we have to diet way more than we actually have to. Let me say number, or as far as number two goes, I could add to this. Being really active is pretty, I see a lot of you guys are able to add activity to your regimen. That's not the hard part. The hard part isn't being really active. The hard part comes with these other between the years, as I like to say, changes, the habit changes, and keeping them really active and present. All right? And number three, speaking of between the years, you have to restructure your mind. You have to restructure the way that you think about a lot of this stuff. Some of the people that I've met who have lost 100-plus pounds working with, you know, other coaches that I've been friends with, um, or worked with, stay in contact with, 
or just kind of heard throughout um, just colloquially with stories really restructured their mindset. They had to restructure what they did on a daily basis. Maybe it was them taking up different um, new sports. Maybe it was them having expanding their family. Maybe moving to a new area. All of these things that have very foundational cognitive changes and change your daily life, basically. Like you're not going to be able to stick with these types of changes if you're not, if you acquiesce to failure. And don't kind of use that energy to build on a new habit. Build new habits. Not just around weight loss, but get into something. Get into something else that will keep you very active, that will keep you really mindful about what you're eating. Maybe it's an effort to start eating with your family. Maybe it's your efforts to start going shopping somewhere that you – grocery shopping – and just buying organic or all-natural foods. That's a restructuring of your mind that's actually going to have inroads into how you lose weight if you're looking to lose weight. Because like I just mentioned, all right, the, an- the unanswerable part is all this other stuff. It's restructuring the brain. It's, it's, it's picking your diet. That's why weight loss is so hard. It's how much of this and that. It's not the activity part. You guys seem to know... What coaches to go to to get the activity. You seem to know how many calories you're supposed to burn. That's easy to find that out. That's all over the internet. What's a lot more tricky for us to figure out, and I want you guys to start learning how to do this for yourself, is the other stuff. Right? It's the habits. What can we actually do? Let's Now that we identified our problems, what can we do? Here are some actionable steps that we can actually take. I just mentioned it. Introduce a new practice. Introduce a new discipline into your own life that's going to help you make new um, habits around the idea of dropping that weight. Okay? Taking up newer activities that you haven't done before. Maybe you were an avid runner for a long, long time. And that helped you lose weight. Now start thinking about competition. Now start thinking about doing the same thing but on a bike. You're an outdoor runner. Supplement it with indoor running. You were really good at powerlifting when you were younger. We'll start also incorporating ancillary lifting. Doing not just your heaviest weights but also doing some of your light stuff to support primary heavy lifting. Right? So accessory muscles what you would call kind of like bodybuilding, I guess, is what people like to label it as now. Start thinking about doing some of that. I want you guys to think about this. Number two, here is how we can maybe get closer to answering the unanswerable question of weight loss. Here's what you need to remember. So number one is roll it into a new global practice of doing more than just losing weight. Start thinking about running more actively or hiking more. Number two, I want you to embrace your flaws. It sounds new agey. It sounds kind of soft, but it's the truth. And what I mean and why it's the truth is if you love what's incomplete about your process, you will be or about how past habits have led to where you are now. Love that about yourself. Appreciate it and mainly accept it, right? Accept that 
circumstances were the way they were, that you're the person that you are, that's your steez. That's led to you maybe gaining a little bit too much weight. And that shit ain't going to change tomorrow. Why? Because you're going to relapse. You're going to relapse. Unfortunately, we make it unacceptable to relapse inside of our industry. And that makes it all the more easy to kick your own ass about why you're not able to be happy and healthy again. Love that you are the person that fucked up in the past and that you can get back from a relapse and rebuild new habits. Okay? Number three, realize this. This isn't... So we always want to think about weight loss as an upstream kind of a solution. We don't want to solve it downstream. Downstream is dieting. Um, Downstream is buying paleo books. Downstream is not eating egg yolks. Those are all downstream solutions to a problem that's going, or not just a problem, but a series of habits that last your whole life. And if you know that they're going to last your whole life, again, you're smart if you don't even take the challenge. (laughs) I don't blame you sometimes. And just kind of appreciate what you got in front of you. People get mad at that Lizzo, right? Because she's like, hey, I'm really heavy and I'm just going to wear whatever. But you can't really get mad at her when she kind of understands what the game is. The game is if I try to lose a bunch of weight really quickly, I'm going to gain it all back because that's what you guys all do. And so I'm just not going to try. I'm going to love what I have. And it's in that space where you love what you have where it actually seems like anathema. You're not supposed to love what you have, right? Now, you kind of are. I mean, you're also supposed to try, too. So, um, you know, some flowers, maybe. Not all the flowers, but dandelions, I don't know. <laughs> she deserves dandelions for that kind of mindset because it's definitely important to appreciate what you do have in terms of your body. Not just for women, not just for heavy women, right? But for everybody, Appreciate what you do have. But remember that trying to solve these things downstream isn't the move. We want to solve them upstream. We want to solve the problem of weight loss upstream for sure. Setting in big habits, etc., etc. We want to set quality goals. But that's not the problem. The problem is a lot of the times... The level of sacrifice that we're willing to introduce is often not high enough. We talked about it before. If you are trying to get onto a journey of weight loss, sacrificing is going to be paramount. You need to go through a measure of change. And in the bleeding edge of change, it is often uncomfortable. Know that and be all right with it. When you discover resilience is past that level of change, it's actually enlightening, it's strengthening, it's that aplomb that we talk about. That's where you actually make the biggest moves is when you realize how indelible, how tough you are, how high that chin actually rises. And that's where you need to be when you're inside of this weight loss. All right. Number four, the last thing we'll talk about, your appetite. As your weight goes down, Your appetite for more fattier foods generally because fats are going to be more than twice the amount of calories per gram. 
goes up a little bit. Like you get more hungry, even if you're not someone that's on a weight loss journey, you're just saying super duper active, you're inside the mode of competition, you're going to be more hungry over time. When you're more hungry, and you're not somebody that's competitively working hard, burning muscle, burning fat, cardio and strength all the time, you're going to want to eat more fatty type foods, and you're not burning enough calories to where you can access that. And on top of all that, right, let's not forget, that a week of hard work might only mean that you lose or have a deficit of like six, 700 calories on a particular week. You could crash right through that in one meal easily. Go and buy a double cheeseburger right now. Go and get yourself a burrito with the, with the carnitas. Go and get one of those right now. You will smash through all of the gains that you work so hard for in a week very easily. All right, address your appetite. We talked about it before also. Hunger, leptin, ghrelin, the inherent battle for, for, for supremacy. What's going to win out, leptin or ghrelin? Well, that ghrelin is your hunger hormone. We need to address that. We need to know hunger is one thing, but it's about feeding your system, not necessarily stifling your hunger. Okay. For every studies also shown some of the stuff that I've read, like for every 50 calories that you're like in deficit, you hunger for about a hundred. And that's like just biology, just fucking with you. Right. Like butch in uh, pulp fiction. Right. And that's kind of where people get to the stage where like, yo, it's unfair. And if that's the game we're going to play, I'm not even going to play. I feel you. But what we do again is not address necessary. We listen for hunger, but we don't then address it. Like now I need to stuff myself so I'm never getting hungry again. No, 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 no. We don't erase all the work we just do, but you do have to address your appetite. Keep in mind that a week's work of worth of work might mean that you're in a deficit of like 600 calories. So don't go smashing all that in you know premium vodka on the weekends it's not really worth it all right so why is it hard because maintenance just isn't sexy at all and it doesn't ring the same bells of reward for us inside of our mind that's the major reason the major reason is no one wants to keep all of these changes the physiological ones are a lot easier to start running and keep running for example but it's the other ones that we don't want to keep maintaining we don't want to keep track of all these foods and how much we're eating and how literally all these interventions man they're not very sexy and we like what's sexy because it gives us an instant reaction it's instantaneously visible and the rewards right, right there okay think about restructuring how you think so what could we do introduce this as a new discipline and a new practice number two Prepare for relapse by knowing your, your, your flaws. One of the measures I know for men, and one of the things that I think women in general in our society is starting to be more apprised of is accepting what's in front of you when you look in the mirror. That is important because those relapses are going to require you to accept. Number three, know that you're not goal setting poorly. Your idea that you want to lose 50 pounds in a year, like, Back in the day, us trainers would be like, yo, that's inaccessible, and that's wild. You can't be thinking like that. No. 
set high goals for yourself. That's not the problem. Know that the level of sacrifice that you're going to have to throw down to get there needs to be better. You need to work out a little bit harder. Train and think a little bit more ironclad. And number four, think about your appetite. All right? I'm going to stop there. That is the longest episode we've done in a while. And I want you guys to actually start using this. In fact, you can share this with other people. Spread the word a little bit. Because I guarantee you're a degree of separation away from somebody that is trying to lose this weight a little bit more. And if I may add to it too, focus primarily on dropping body fat percentage overweight and getting stronger. All right? And look. That's how we can answer that question of weight loss. And all the other unanswerable questions, they're going to have inroads into some of this stuff that we talked about right there. Introduce these methods to somebody that you care about and you ride for. Hopefully, they can find more success and pay it forward. Apple Podcasts, rate the episode. And go to CoachYoanCSDS.com for strength training tips and for the eating that goes along with it. Right there, fill out that form. All right? Cool. Thank you for joining me. Till the next one, stay all the way up. Thank you.